We're going inside them. We're going outside them. Inside them, outside them. And if we get them on the run once, we're going to keep them on the run. And we're not going to pass unless our secondary comes up too close. Don't forget that. We're going to get them on the run. We're going to go, go, go. 
you know, to be completely honest, you know, it's a tremendous opportunity for Billy Shrout, who's had, um, you know, brought in a lot of accolades, you know, coming into Notre Dame um, as, you know, a highly talented recruit that, you know, a lot of Irish fans were excited to see in the, in the gold helmet. And we haven't been able to see him consistently on the field yet. Um, so we're going to be able to get that here versus Wake Forest. And Ashton Craig, I think people have been a little bit disappointed. I think it's fair to say Zeke Carell, um, even before his injury uh, during the Clemson game, you know, wasn't playing uh, up to, you know, what we expected from Zeke to play this year. You know, having a year under his belt last year, you know, Zeke hasn't kind of lived up to the expectations we had for him kind of moving forward. Um it's an opportunity to kind of sit in and, you know, maybe solidify himself as, you know, not just the remainder 2023 uh, center for, for the Irish, but, you know, definitely giving the, the Irish staff uh, video on him potentially being the solidified guy for the 24 season. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I think it, this is a, uh, it's a little glimpse uh, into into next year, you know, a, a tryout, I guess you could you could say. Um, yeah, that's how yeah. I kind of see so, it. So I mean, Ashton Craig, I thought he played well when he came in last uh, well against Clemson, um, and, and I'm excited to see Billy Shrouth. You know, he's had some time to prepare here, and he knows that he's going to be a starter. So I think those are two dudes that, you know, looking. Uh, way ahead into next season. I mean, those are two dudes that could be uh, starters for you there on the interior. So I I'm going to have a close eye on those those guys. And uh, yeah, I, I hope they play well. I, I know the staff's high on both those guys. Uh, and I feel for Rocco. Um, you know, that, that sucks. You know, knee injuries are never uh, are never easy. So uh, I hope he bounces back all right. He is going to have surgery. Um, and then of course I hope Zeke's all right. You know, I, Zeke's one of those guys that I, I feel like he's a, a great Notre Dame man. You know, I feel like he's busted his ass, uh, for the program, but he just has physical limitations to him. So, um, it will be nice to, to see some new blood in there and see how they do. Um, but definitely hope those two guys, uh, get healthy. Um, so uh, let, let's also continue with the offense. Uh, I, I believe Audric Estime is like 12 yards away from hitting that thousand yard mark. Uh, he came out and said that no decision has made about him going to the NFL yet, which I, I kind of find hard to believe. You know, we'll we'll wait and see. But what uh, what do you want to see from this offense, which, you know, everybody's zeroing in on Jared Parker and, and rightly so. Uh, but what do you want to see out of this offense on Saturday um, to make you feel a little bit better about the offense and, and going forward? Well, I definitely want to see them lean into the run game. I think that's, you know, the one thing that, um, you know, with the running back unit that they do have is something they can lean on going into this game uh, that hopefully they can find some, some mojo from because obviously you know the offense has has been hurting lately i know we we had our spaces after the clemson game and there's a lot of emotion about you know where the offense has been this year it, it's it's been very disappointing to say the least and there hasn't been much firepower there hasn't been much of an identity nick and i think you know it's, it's put jared parker very much on the hot seat 
uh, from Irish fans. And so going into this game, so you, you're coming off a of bye week. Um, you know, you have two new offensive linemen, you know, solidified, you know, into into the lineup. I hope they play with a chip on their shoulder, Nick. I hope they're looking at this yeah. opportunity like, I'm going to go bully some dudes this week. And I hope, you know, with the wide receiver room, and we're probably going to hit on this in a second here, um, but, you know, obviously the cupboard's bare there, right? You know, I don't know if – I can't say we can lean into to our wide receiver room and, and put the, put the <laughs> I, I keys don't think Sam we can Hartman. at all. <laughs> no. So let's go to that running back room. I want us to establish a run game. You know, get that. Obviously, I expect Audrey to get over a thousand yards after after this Saturday. But you know, feed the ball to Jeremiah. Feed the ball to you know that stable of running backs that we have. That you know, I think can you know. Def, we're basically, if you look at the defensive line for Wake Forest, there's there's an advantage there that we can have and exploit. And I hope Notre Dame leans into that. Yeah, no doubt. I th- this is a game that you know. Talent-wise and physicality-wise, uh, the Irish should not have a problem, even with, you know, two backups in up front. I, I agree with you. I think the running game is going to be a major focus. Um, even though, uh, you know, the defense is the strength of this Wake team, um, I, I still think it's – if we can't get the run game going against these guys, um, you know, we <laughs> we have more issues than we even thought. Yeah. So. I agree with that. Uh, I expect a big day out of Audric. Uh, I'd love to see, you know, Jeremiah, like you mentioned, Jadarian, all those guys. Mm-hmm. And, and then on top of that, you know, that'll lead us into the passing game. I, I hope, I hope uh, that the <laughs> emphasis on the play action game. Um, yes. Is there, you know, t- two play action passes against Clemson. Uh, we oh, have yeah. to make that a bigger part of our game plan. Yeah, and Nick, you're you're hitting it square on. Get your running game going to set up your your passing game. Give Sam Hartman a little bit more time because you know when the defense feels like they could pin their ears back and get after our O line and you know can get after Hartman, they're going to do so because they feel that they can win one on one matchups against you know our wide receiver unit, which is fair. They haven't been productive and they're very young. Um, you know, you got to give Sam Hartman basically offensive tempo, but also just an offensive game plan that that's going to maybe set him up better to go into those play action reads, uh, set up those wide receivers to hopefully, you know, have a little bit more room um, and also set up your offensive line to, you know, obviously don't feel like they have to, you know, basically maintain, you know, six or seven guys, you know, bringing in pressure every single game. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that minute. To me, you know, with the depleted wide receiver core that we have, that's really the only option as far as a a solid game plan that Parker has here. You know, just really lean on that running game. Uh, You have a good offensive line in front of you. Lean on those running backs. And then, you know, catch catch the defense off guard a little bit. Use that to your advantage with those play-action passes. So uh, it'll be interesting uh, for sure. A couple of the things I'd like to see Jordan Faison. Uh, emphasize a little bit more. Yeah. I, I, I just love watching the dude when he has the ball in his hands. And he's earned it. So he has earned it, 100%. You know, you know we're, we've had high expectations for, you know, Tobias Merriweather to kind of step up. And, you know, with the injuries the team has had, there's been one guy that I feel very, you know, 
strongly about that, you know, has stepped up more than anyone else in the wide receiver room. And that may not be fair. You know, I, you know, I don't, you know, basically I'm not in with those guys every day, you know, throughout practice, but man, when right. the, talk about a guy who takes advantage of his opportunity every time he, he touches the ball, that's Jordan Faison, man. I mean, he's making guys miss. He's, he's looking to get that extra yard. Uh, he's, he's a tough son of a gun and he's enjoyable to watch. And with his effort and in, in play, you know, he deserves to kind of get some more look in our offense to get some more touches. Yeah, I agree, man. Effort needs to be rewarded, uh, even at this level. And, you know, you and I talked about Tobias uh, on the spaces after the Clemson game, and I'm just not seeing it. So, uh, you know, I'd rather see those targets go to somebody that's going to fight for it, you know, whether that's uh, Faison or Flores or whoever. But, uh, yeah, I, I want to see a little bit more of that. But uh, let's jump over, um, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, going up against the slow mesh. I think Clawson's a heck of a coach uh, down there at Wake Forest. Uh, it's going to be a little bit challenging, man. With that slow mesh, you know, your linebackers have to be insanely uh, disciplined. They, they can't be too overly aggressive. Um, but hopefully this is one of those situations where, you know, our physicality and our talent just kind of overwhelms them and, and takes its course Um uh, you have any concerns about the defense going up against this offense? No, no. I, I, I think that it, the defense should take care of business here. Um, I think this is a great opportunity for, you know, again, the defense to have a get right game. I, I think people walked away from, you know, the Clemson game with their initial reactions and kind of dissecting film that, you know, obviously the defense played well enough for the, for the team to win, right. You know, they forced a turnover there at the end versus Clemson. Um, you know, they, they gave Sam Hartman in the offense multiple opportunities to, to tie the game or, or get the lead back. Um, but, you know, that loss really felt mostly on the offense. Um, yeah. And right now, I, I do believe our defense is in a good spot to, to have a bounce back game because I don't think they're going to be satisfied with their Clemson performance. Um, so I, I'd love to see, you know, really our defensive line unit is the one I'm going to really hone in on because I think they were they were the the unit that I was mis dis most disappointed with during the Clemson game because I didn't think they got after mm -hmm. the quarterback well enough. Or obviously when you have um, Phil Mafa, uh, you know, run for over 185 yards versus you, um, you know, yeah. I hope they play a little little ticked off that you know they want to get after. Uh, Mitch Griffiths, who who's the the quarterback for Wake Forest, so I'm interested to see the the attack, the fight uh, on our defensive line unit. What about you, Nick? Yeah, man, I I think that you brought up a really good point there with you know because the D line did struggle a little bit at times against Clemson, so and, and you know I, I got to imagine those guys, uh, their personalities. I, I'm sure they're going to be playing pissed off. At least I hope so. Uh, you know, and being senior day and a lot of those guys, you know, we don't know if they're going to be back. So I really hope we see uh, them get back to their normal uh, play, which is dominant up front and just being physical dudes. So I think that's a great point. I, I, I'm not really worried about the defense. You know, I, Al Golden has shown time and time again this season that he knows what the heck he's doing. Um, and, you know, he, it came out, he's a, a semifinal or a finalist for the, for the Broyles award, which is very well deserved. I mean, the, the guy should win it in my opinion, but I may be biased. So, <laughs> um, 
with, with that, you know, l- let's jump into our predictions here. Um, I'll go first. I, you know, we kind of hit on a lot of the points. I, Sam Hartman facing his old team. I, I think he will. I think he's going to play a really good game because he, you know, he's hearing all the criticisms. A, a lot of people are saying he's a bust and this and that, which I, I'm not ready to go there. I think he's just a very talented quarterback who has lost some confidence, but I think you'll see him play with uh, a different chip on his shoulder this week, even with the limited wide receiver options. So, you know, I I think we're going to put up enough points here that this one's not really close. Uh, I'm going to go Notre Dame wins this game 35 to 10. Uh, What what say you, Joe? Yes. So we're a little bit different, Nick and Nick, you know, I, I'm a, I'm in negative mode still, man. I, I'm still feeling. I get it, I'm still man. Feeling, I get it. Feeling down about this Clemson loss. I mean, that really took a toll on me. Um, where it's hard for me, even after even seeing us versus the USC game, and I know our defense did a lot of the work during that game. It's it's hard for me to say that this offense without Mitchell Evans and uh, without a healthy wide receiver room, and you know you have two new offensive linemen, which. I'm hoping they play ticked off. I hope they come out and just absolutely ball out and perform at a high level. And um, that's what I want to see. But if I'm going into prediction time, uh, I got to say, you know, I I see the game as pretty low scoring. Uh, I think it's going to be 24 to 10 Irish. It's just hard for me. It's just hard for me to say another. I can't, I can't with what I've seen with this offense, Nick, I yeah. I think they're just hurting right now, and I don't know if this bye week is going to solve a lot of the issues that that we are seeing right now. For so that's why it's hard for me to put it up in the thirty points for for Wake Forest. I trust me, man. I I totally get it. You know, it, it wasn't easy for me to say thirty five points. Yeah. I, you know, I, I wrote my prediction down before we started to record, and I was looking at it, and I was like, man, 30, 35 points sounds like a lot for this offense, but. I really do feel like, you know, it being senior day and they've been playing well at home. They've been playing well at home coming off a of bye week Hartman's previous team. And he's been getting criticism. I just, I have a feeling that they're going to come out and play well, but again, we'll see, you know, yeah. I, I, honestly, the odds are probably better that it'll be closer to your score prediction than mine so <laughs> well one thing to I, give I, irish fans a little bit uh you know hope is i have been the worst college football better of all time you know this season <laughs> everything that i think is going to happen on the on the college football world <laughs> has the opposite has gone on so you know it's probably a good that's thing how that, vegas likes it yeah man. so it's probably a good thing that i'm, <laughs> I'm underestimating the uh the irish uh, offense going into this week Hey man, I I get it. That, Vegas, they're tricky, man. I I had a rough weekend as well, but it was so. Uh, but some other hot topics here that that I want to touch on uh, for the Irish. Uh, Mark Spreeman in his press conference said that they will look into the transfer portal uh, to get a fourth scholarship quarterback on the roster. Um, and so now that it's official, it's out there, you know, I know we've touched on it a little bit, but I wanted to get your thoughts. Um, you know, is it the right move? A lot of Irish fans feel passionate one way or the other. Um, Joe, how are you feeling about this? Is it the right move or not? 
here's my uh, initial reaction in this news. Uh, duh. 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 Preach. Duh, Marcus yep. Freeman is yep. going to look for I don't even know why this was like a big deal. Like, of course he's looking for a transfer quarterback. Now, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what type of quarterback he goes after. Um, you know, what type of quarterbacks are interested in. But I talked about it in the last podcast, Nick. You know, to be the top-tier programs that you want to be striving for a national championship, you always need to have a wandering eye because if there's a quarterback that you think is better than any quarterback that's in your room that could take your your quarterback team or your offense to the next level, you got to do it. you got to do it. Um, you know, Marcus Freeman has to look out the best thing for for their – for the football program as a whole. Um, and here's another thing. Also, you know, when you have coming in here, CJ Carr, Kenny Minchie, obviously Sam Hartman's gone, and, and, and Jelly, you know, let's just say something doesn't work out or one of these guys get injured during the spring season. You know, you're really putting yourself in a corner if you decide to pass during the, the, the first round of portal visits and, and decide to pass on a guy and then someone gets hurt. Um, or if, you know, Kenny Mitchie all of a sudden decides, hey, you know, I went through the spring season. I, I, I don't feel like I like where I, I'm at in the depth chart with C.J. Carr coming in and maybe C.J. Carr falls out and he decides to leave and, and look for an opportunity before the fall season. Don't corner yourself. It's always good to have, um, I would just say, a stack deck uh, in your quarterback room. And if it drives competition, that's what it should do. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I I'm like you. I don't understand the news. I, what what was the news? Well, there's no news. There's no breaking news here. I, right. I I don't understand the out. Uh, you know the outlash from some Notre Dame fans that th- this is such a bad thing. I this is college football yeah. today. Okay. I, you got to look out. You got to try to stack wins any way that you can in today's college football. And if that means you're going to hurt some feelings in the quarterback room, mm-hmm. so be it. The, look, I, I love the guys we already have in the room. I hope they all succeed. Yeah, you know, whoever's going to bring us the most wins, I want to succeed. But like you said, a stacked deck, if you have three aces in your hand and you have a chance to add a fourth ace, yeah, you're going to add it. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. Another option is not going to hurt. And I know, you know, there are things out there that if a transfer is going to come in, they need to be guaranteed a starting spot. You know, that could be. Um, but you, you still keep an eye on it. You still explore your options. Because I think Notre Dame fans are, are kind of quick to forget, you know, two years ago um, when Buckner got mm-hmm. hurt. <laughs> And it was a hot mess. So, you know, exactly. like you said, you, you always look to improve your roster talent any way you can. And that, that goes for every position. In today's college football, no starting position is safe, and it shouldn't be. I, that, that's not just quarterback. That's across the board. If you feel like you've earned a spot, great, but – we're still going to be looking for somebody better. And so you better either step your game up or if you can't handle it, maybe this level of football mm-hmm. isn't for you. Uh, you know, whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing, I don't know, but it's yep. the reality. So I, I think it's smart. 
Um, I really don't understand the backlash, but hey, college football you know, is an arms is, race. So. College football is an arms race happens. now, and, and that's with you know not 100%. just you know basically uh, facilities that you know college football programs can add to to their campus, but it's also new rosters now with the with the new NIL portal, and you know Notre Dame has to adjust. You know, I, I think you know Davos when he's feeling a lot of that this year. I know they just beat us, and maybe that's not a great example, but yeah. you know their fan base isn't. You know, that's a guy that's been formally or publicly come out and said he's not very for the portal, and I think his record is hurting for it. So you know, you improve your roster anytime you can, and especially the quarterback room because it's the most important position in the game. Period. Period. And football. Well, no. Very well said, man. I I couldn't agree more. I you can't you can't take chances mm-hmm. with the quarterback room especially 100 you just can't so yeah now speaking of quarterbacks uh we we can move on unless you have anything else to add well i guess you know should we talk about some guys that we like or no i i know you uh you've kind of done a little research on this you know give give the uh the irish listeners a little taste yeah man uh you know, I kind of, the, the more I was looking at it, you know, Cam Rising was intriguing at first. Uh, his injury history worries me a little bit. Um, but I do like, I like his game, man. I feel yes. like he's a gamer. I, you know, I just feel like he, may, he makes plays. And I like that about him. Um, you know, I, I like Riley Leonard. I, I think he's one of those mm-hmm. guys that has all the tools, um, you know, to be a, a game-changing quarterback um and, and eventually probably an nfl quarterback i know a lot of notre dame fans are like what about arch manning and this and that i don't think that's realistic um you know chip kelly's gonna get fired i i don't want to see a dante Moore come in i want it to be a grad quarterback who's got one maybe two Agreed. years um I, yeah i i think pratt you know is a solid option uh mccall out of coastal carolina but again, this is different levels of football. So, you know, I think if I if I had my pick right now, I'd probably go uh, Riley Leonard, maybe Ward out of Washington State, um, uh, and the, the kid from OU. Uh, his name is escaping me right now, but I, I think he's a ball. No, I think too. you you mentioned a lot of names where I was just thinking in my head, Nick. Yes, yes, I'll take him. Yes, I'll take him. Yes. I mean, those, those are all great options that, um, you know, I think Notre Dame would make a splash in, in the quarterback room for sure because, again, we don't know what, what we're going to get out of Angeli and we don't know what we're going to mention. Now, one thing I will say, I hope those guys get a look, even with Sam Hartman in the helm still. Um, you know, I, I'd really, really, really like to just see, you know, a little bit of those guys um, or either of those guys, you know, thrown into, you know, kind of rather than, garbage minutes actual playing time minutes um to see what we have in those guys um but yeah the one guy that sticks out to me nick is cam rising i I think he's just been part of you know big time football games uh he has the experience obviously the injuries are something that you could raise an eyebrow on but man i i just remember that rose bowl he played in uh versus ohio state and Man, he is just a gamer. He just finds a way to win. He's gritty. He throws a beautiful ball. Um, I, I, I think we mm-hmm. would be we would be very happy as Irish fans if if he was in a gold helmet. But 
obviously this is all speculation at this point, but it, it'll be a fun discussion for Irish fans as right. as we approach the off season. Oh, it's uh, the off season. I, I mean, uh, I'm not wishing the season away, uh, but you know, th- this part of the There'll off be some season juicy will drama, be very I'm sure. interesting. Some guys that we follow. were even surprised that you know hit the transfer no portal that's in a Notre Dame helmet now, you know, and and Marcus will have to react and well, respond, that, and yeah, that's 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 college football now. Every 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 team under the sun is going to have to deal mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. No, I. I'm with you, man. I, it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, the guys that we're talking about now for the transfer portal, like you said, <laughs> you know, here in three, four weeks, it, it, it could be somebody completely different. So uh, it'll be fun to follow. But, uh, yeah, we'll see on that. Um, a little bit of other news before we uh, go into segment two. Uh, Jimbo Fisher is out at Texas A&M. The Irish open up with Texas A&M for the 2024 season. Uh, just quick reactions to that news. Um, how you feel about it? Joe? Intrigued. I, I'm very curious how A&M goes about their, their coaching search. Um, you know, I was listening to Colin Cowherd, I believe, and um, some other podcasts that, you know, mentioned, you know, like the Dan Lennings, uh, Lennings uh, from Oregon. Um, as a possible person that, you know, a yeah. may pursue. We know they have a lot of money to play with. I mean, they're basically paying Jimbo $70 million or $80 million not to coach, which is just <laughs> crazy to me. Can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, that would make, I, that would make Notre Dame administration uh, sick. They, they would be sick. I mean, we can't, we oh can't go get Andy Ludwig. The administration can't even the, – the, I was going to say, I was going to say exactly what you – the, the administration a can't four million pay, buyout. Uh, a heck, couple million. Heck, we got SEC yeah, teams or, yeah, paying seventy five plus million just for a guy not to coach their team. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I digress. I digress. It's crazy man. Yeah. it's that oil money. Um, it is. Oil a, money. I, I here's where Nick. I, I'm interested to hear hear uh, my take on this. I don't see Texas A&M as a top program or like a top. 10 job in college football. And is that a hot take? I, I, I don't oh, I understand. There's a, I, I've no. listened to a lot of these college football talking heads like, Oh, this is good. You know, this is going to intrigue a lot of, um, you know, college football coaches and, and even potential NFL coaches that maybe take this job. And I go, Texas A&M really, you know, now I know they have money to yeah. throw and they definitely have, you know, are involved in, you know, a lot of NIL deals. I think that's going to maybe be enticing for, you know, maybe a college football coach to jump in because their fan base and boosters are, are all in on, on getting guys to come to, to A&M and college station, but I don't get it. I, I don't, I, I guess I just never viewed Texas A&M as a, a top 10 job in college football. So I'm very curious to see how and who that job attracts um, maybe I'm just being too harsh. Maybe I'm just, you know, I'm a, I'm an Ohio, an Ohio kid. And I, I don't see the pull for Texas A&M job, but, um, that could just, that could just be me. What are you, what are your thoughts on it, Nick? I, I, I agree a hundred percent. I, I've never understood, you know, people talking about Texas A&M up there with some of the blue bloods. Know. Cause it's not, in my opinion, it, 
I, that, that's just my opinion. I, you know, I, I think it's one of those where, you know, they're middle of the SEC. Um, yeah, they have money to throw around, State, but Ole Miss jobs. I, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you're you're sitting there, you're competing with Texas as far as recruiting, uh, and, and Texas is the way better job, bigger job. Um, I I don't see it. Um, I'm a little bit. I, I I have never thought very highly of Jimbo Fisher. I think yeah. he's a little bit of an idiot. Um, and I'm actually, uh, I kind of wish he would have stuck around. I I feel like this kind of kind of hurts. I feel like they could, you know, upgrade massively, um, uh, in in the coaching department in the off season for that opener with Notre Dame next year, but. Yeah, I, I don't see that as a as a top tier job in college football. And, you know, people mentioning Dan Lanning, I, why would you leave yeah. that situation in, in Oregon for Texas saying, I, I don't get it. I wouldn't do it personally. But, you know, again, everybody has a price and, you know, Texas a is not no, afraid to. No, and Nick, you bring up a good college, point. So. You know, the first thing that, you know, flashed into my head uh, just there with the points that you made is, yeah, I wish Jimbo was still there. I, I wish Jimbo was was going into uh, another year for 2024. Yeah. But, you know, this is able to rejuvenate a program if they're able to make a splash higher. So I think Irish fans should should keep their eyes on this one, see, you know, what develops and what coaches are, are rumored to be uh, of interest at Texas A&M because, like we saw with Colorado, you know, and their opening game versus TCU, you know, obviously yeah. they weren't the, you know, as we've seen the college football season play out, they, they're not the most talented team uh, on college football teams. But, you know, when you get a fan fan base rejuvenated and you get people buying in, and we know Texas A&M has some dudes with the recruiting classes they've been able to splash for the NIL deals, you know, there could be this could be uh, a sleeping giant. So if they make the right hire, um, it could be trouble for the Irish. Let's, 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 let's make that clear. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, last thing here for segment one, uh, it was announced that the final game, Notre Dame versus Stanford uh, Thanksgiving weekend is going to be on the Pac-12 network. Joe, tell me that you know how I have no way I that I can watch would say go this. to your local watering hole, Nick, and start asking if they have the Pac-12 network because I got, I got YouTube TV and I don't have I it. I hate it. And I know my parents have YouTube TV. They don't have it. So I'm going to have to, you know, start walking around or start uh, doing some scouting at some bars, see if they have the Pac-12 network, because I don't know how else I'm going to watch this game. Yeah. Yeah, what a joke, man. Uh, (laughs) What a joke for them to put it on the Pac-12 network. But, all right, we'll be back with segment two. Uh, We're going to talk briefly about uh, the offensive coordinator situation for the Irish you know, kind of looking ahead and then we'll answer your questions, but we'll be right back. So uh, stay with us. Welcome back to the first and gold podcast segment two. Uh, we are going to answer your guys' questions. Um, you know, first off, thank you guys so much for the questions. We appreciate those. Keep them coming every week. Um, and of course, you know, jump on those spaces uh, after every game. Um, but Joe, uh, let, let's go ahead and just dive right into it with those questions. Yeah, and again, appreciate it, guys. Love the support. And we're seeing a lot of uh, names that we're connecting with, you know, obviously in spaces and then obviously through our tweets. 
Uh, so keep them coming. We appreciate the support big time. And uh, none other than Clutch Sports starts us off today. Uh, Clutch Sports ND asks, I'm sure you guys have covered it. We saved this for you, Clutch. Uh, but I'll ask anyway, uh, will Freeman be shopping for a new offensive coordinator in the offseason? What can ND do during the bye week that will help the offense get back on track? So, and then he also asked, should Faison be, be getting more snaps at wide receiver? I know the office of coordinator uh, question is a hot one that Nick and I wanted to wait until segment two. So let's start with that one, Nick. Nick, what are, what are your thoughts on, you know, obviously the rumblings of, you know, Jared Parker being on the hot seat? Yeah, so uh, great question, Clutch. Um, I, I want to start it off with, you know, early on when the offense was seeing some struggles and, and, and people were calling for Parker, I was one that I was like, let's hold off. Like, let's see how it goes. But I got to be honest, man, the, the Clemson game was kind of like the, you know, the backbreaker for me. Um, so I do mm-hmm. I have a feeling that Freeman will be looking for a new offensive coordinator in the offseason. Now, w- whether that's the right move or not, I don't know. Uh, but personally, I, I think it's been shown enough. I, I said, you know, Parker – from his early struggles the rest of the season, he's basically going to be coaching for his job. So I think it's gotten to a point where the offense is just, this is not acceptable. It's not okay. Um, Even though I like Parker as a tight ends coach and and I was rooting for him. um, But I do think that uh, Freeman's going to have to make a tough decision here. Um, And in the off season, he's going to have to go in a different direction, mainly in my opinion, for recruiting alone, because you have a lot of highly talented recruits coming up and then players already in the, on the roster that are seeing this. And, and whether it's completely his fault or not, which I don't think it it's all on Jared Parker at all. Um, but I, again, it's one of those things, college football in today's world is, you know, what have you done for me lately? And uh, I think, unfortunately, Freeman's going to be shopping for a new offensive coordinator. I haven't, you know, uh, really got into potential replacements. Um, I know one name that I think, you know, kind of comes to mind immediately. And, well, I can't even think of the name, but it's Kirby something. But uh, the offensive coordinator for Missouri, I think they've they've really done a, a great job. And I think it'd be a. I think they run a style of offense that, you know, still focuses on the run game, but still has that creativity in the pass game. So I, I think he'd be uh, a potential target. Um, you know, people will say Andy Ludwig and Sean Lewis and some of those. I I think they'll probably go a different direction than that. I think those bridges is pro- have probably been burned. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see what, what Marcus does. Um, going forward that's for sure joe what do you think nick i'm totally with you it it was kind of it sealed the deal with me on on my opinion of you know is jared parker the right guy for this job um and being the offensive care coordinator for notre dame in the 24 season and unfortunately i don't think he's lived up to um you know the expectations we had going into this year and you know the the offense didn't show enough where I felt like he's should be given another season. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I think, you know, 
Marcus is going to do the right thing. He he's going to let Jared Parker, uh, you know, finish this year out. But if not already, that Jared Parker already knows or have these conversations with Marcus that you know the these two are going to you know part ways here um, at the end of the year. And I would be absolutely shocked if that if that didn't happen. Um, so regarding offensive coordinators, you know. I'm not sure. Uh, I would be very interested to see, you know, who Marcus gets. I'm very, the thing that I'm interested in more, Nick, is the administration. You know, you kind of put Marcus in a corner last time. You know, you didn't pony up the money and didn't want to pay out a buyout. And you, you made your head coach kind of settle with your plan B option, the cheaper route. And your offensive kind of hurt from it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you kind of get what you pay for. Right. And we decided to take the cheaper route and, you know, obviously the offense hasn't lived up to the Notre Dame football's um, reputation or really the hype that we had, you know, going into the off season. And it's easy to kind of point the finger at Jared Parker, which, you know, some may may say it's unfair, you know, obviously he dealt with a lot of adversity or the, the whole offensive side ball has dealt with a little adversity with, you know, injuries, um, you know, guys taking themselves out, et cetera. Um, however, I, at this point, I don't think those have accumulated enough where you give, you give Parker a pass this year, if that makes sense. So I'll be interested to see what uh, the administration decides, saying, hey, we don't want to go – we don't want to deal with the backlash that Irish fans gave us, and we don't want to have another offensive season like this. Like, let's make sure we go get the guy that Marcus wants. That's what I'm hoping especially with, you know, obviously a new AD and uh, that's going to be taking over here soon. And obviously a new, a new president uh, that, that Marcus will, will be working. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you brought up a really good point there. The, this is kind of going to set the tone, even though <clears throat> depending on when all this happens, the hire, you know, may happen before uh, Bavacqua and the new Notre Dame president take over. But I think Bavacqua will be involved in, in signing off on whichever decision Freeman makes. So I think it would be very telling, you know, about kind of setting the tone for his tenure at Notre Dame and, and seeing which way he's going to go as far as football is concerned. So I think that's a great point. Yeah, and Nick, and it, it's almost like I, I'm kind of picturing Marcus saying, hey, I did it your guys' way. I told you who I wanted look to go get, happened. but you got you- – yeah. And you made me go this direction because it was a cheaper route. The guy was in-house and you guys saved your money. Now look at our offensive production. Look at our year. Yep. You know, I'm not satisfied with that, you know, but, but you guys put me in that corner. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, didn't, you didn't let me go get, um, you know, Utah's guy. Um, and now we're paying for it. So what are we going to do this time around? Are we going to do the same salt and dance? You know, I, we can't keep doing this. You know, you got to let me yep. – uh, you know, make a decision here and you guys got to be okay with, you know, basically the financial decision that, that has to back it. It, it comes down to, do you want to win championships or not? I, plain and simple. Because, uh, yeah. you know, the decision with Andy Ludwig, you know, to me, that's, that's telling everybody uh, from the head coach all the way down through the fan base that, yeah, we're, we're okay with, you know, if, if some things don't go our way and, and just being solid, 
So I'm hopeful that the new leadership sets a tone that, no, this is a university that lives off of excellence in every way, as far as academics, religion, everything, football included. Uh, like that, that's what I want to see. And, and I, I think more so than who the office coordinator is, I think it's more so how the administration uh, handles Freeman's search and what they let him bring in. So I think it's a great point. Yep. Yep. So great question, Clutch. Uh, we waited till this segment to get to this, and I appreciate you started us off with it. Um, here's the second part uh, of his question. He did ask, what can Andy do during the bye week that will help the offense get back on track? Um, Nick, I, I've been thinking about this question. I don't know. I, I They're they're just going to have to dig deep. I, I, I want to see, you know, guys play with a little bit chip on their shoulder. You know, I, I want to see us get back to being that mauling mentality because I do think Jared Parker is going to lean heavily on the run due to our depleted wide receiver room, like I mentioned in segment one. And – we just we got to play tougher. We got to play a little bit meaner, and we got to play a little bit more physical, and and that's what's what you know the offense needs to get back to. Um, but regarding scheme, I I don't know. I you know it's you know that that's up for Jared Parker to to kind of figure out. What are your thoughts, Nick? Yeah, I think you brought up a lot of good points. I think the, the entire program the, on the offensive side of the ball needs to really look in the mirror and, and, and say, you know, are, are we giving it our all? But as far as, mm-hmm. you know, getting the offense back on track, I think it starts, especially during a bye week, it starts with self-scouting. You know, you, you go back, you really study the film, because not, not every one of Jared Parker's calls were bad. A lot of them were. Some of them were. And that's why you go back and you look, okay, you know, what could I have done here? What, you know what are what are my players you know freeman talks about execution okay well what are the players doing wrong that's not letting them execute those plays you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i i think it's a deep dive into the into the film you know i looking at tendencies looking at you know formations all that stuff so i i, I think a lot of i think a lot of it's more uh mental and kind of off the field personally um but on top of that the guys do need to get tougher they they got to fight for the ball once in the air they got to you know not let not let a defensive line you know bullish them back 3 yards i so so that it, it's give sam hartman time yeah it, it's a it's a wide variety of things but i think getting the offense back on track is Self-scouting, first and foremost, figuring out, you know, what you're doing wrong and, and, and how you can improve it going forward. Yep. So, Nope. I think that's that's a great way to, to look at it because when you were talking about that, Nick, you know, I thought about, you know, Sam Hartman's screenplay. Yeah. And Jabron Payne, you know, if he catches that ball versus Clemson, I think he had Different a lot of daylight game, and probably, probably a touchdown. But, again, you know – the bull rush came, you know, Sam Harmon wasn't able to get it around and, you know, credit to Clemson's defensive line guy to, you know, get his hand on it, but, or I think it was actually a linebacker. Um, But, you know, those are the things, if you just execute on those little things and making sure that, 
um, you're executing the play calls to the best visibility. You're, you're getting those blocks and you're hitting your blocking assignments. Um, but number one thing that I'm going to take away looking into this offense and also the defense side, we got to be the more physical, the more physical team on Saturday. And I, I hope they're building that, that uh, during the bye week. Because um, against Clemson, and sorry, just to kind of follow up on what you said, we yeah. were not the more physical team against Clemson. They, they no. were by and far more physical than we were and and it starts with them i i totally agree that's well said joe facts and then um this is a guy that we kind of enjoy talking about for segment one but should Faison be getting more snaps at wide receiver hell yes what do you think 100 percent, yes i i don't understand uh, you know i know he can't play every snap out there but every time the guy touches the ball something good seems to happen as you know compared to some of the other guys that were trying to get the ball into their hands. I, to me, it's a no brainer. Get, get the dude on the field. Cause if the other guys don't want to, you know, fight for the ball or fight to make a play or, or look like they even can stop trying to throw, mm-hmm. throw them the ball. I'm over it. <laughs> so. Yep. Yep. You got to reward guys that, that yeah. are making plays and, um, you know, performing at a high level. You can't just hand guys, um, you know, we're, we're kind of doing a little bit, you know, just due to our depth that we still got to throw oh, you know, sure. uh, those guys to get those snap counts. But, um, you know, I love that, you know, and I, I do anticipate that Faison's going to be in and more snap count and, and actually be seen as, you know, maybe, you know, Sam Hartman's number one or number two guy uh, because he's earned it. And I think, you know, he's earned the trust with, uh, you know, not just the staff with Jared Parker, but it also probably earned – uh, a lot of respect and trust with with Sam Hartman, yeah. who uh, obviously loses his top targets, uh, his top target with Mitchell Evans. So he's going to be looking for a guy to step up, and he's been obviously the guy that has, along with Rico Flores. Too. Yeah, I, I've been actually very, very happy with Rico's performance. No, no doubt, no doubt. R- Rico's great as well. I I wasn't necessarily bashing on guys like Rico. Great no. house, more you know. So yeah, no, I think I think yeah. that's a great point. But when you perform well, you, you deserve yeah. to, to earn what you get. Get so, rewarded. Right? Um, 100%. So appreciate the questions, Clutch. Those those, were, those three were great. Yeah, you're the man. Um, so appreciate the sport. ND uh, Uniform Tracker, uh, he asks, why are some fans so turned off by transfer QBs? Is it a pride thing? We don't even know who will be in the portal this offseason. People are already saying ND shouldn't. Bo and Penix have been huge hits. Sam and Cohen were solid. Why have a reload year if there's a better guy? Nick, I'll let you take this one. <laughs> Indy Uni Tracker, I couldn't agree more. And real quick, I, I feel like Indy Uni Tracker kind of just came onto the scene, or maybe I just discovered him on Twitter. But if you like uniforms and the history and, and different combos and stuff, give this dude a follow. Like, I. I really enjoy following this guy and uh, we really appreciate the question, man. I'm with you. You know, I, I've been very surprised, you know, that fans are are so against getting another transfer quarterback. I know Sam Hartman maybe hasn't lived up to the expectations that um, some Notre Dame fans had. Um, But still to me, if you want to win championships and if you're sitting here, yelling for Jared Parker to be fired and, you know, this and that to happen, then why wouldn't you want to transfer quarterback? I, again, it all boils down to winning games 
it all boils down to chasing a championship. Like that that's plain and simple. Notre Dame wants to get back to winning championships. And taking a transfer quarterback, to me, only boosts your chances to win a championship. I look, I I don't care if Angeli's the next uh, you know, Heisman winner. You still add another guy instead of, you know, if if something were to happen, God forbid, if Angeli was named starter, if something happens, he gets hurt. Now you're down to Kenny Minchie and a true freshman who should, you know, fresh out of high school and CJ Carr. Like, you just, you can't take the risk at a program as big as Notre Dame. So that's my thoughts. Joe, what do you think? 100%. You know, we hit this on on segment one, but end of uniform tracker, 100% I'm on your side. I, I don't understand the news here. Like why are people even, you know, surprised by, you know, Marcus Freeman saying that they're going to look in the transfer. Board? I hope he is. Yeah, that, That's my expectation of Marcus Freeman. He better be looking in the transfer portal, you know, and, you know, I love that he, um, you mentioned the question, uh, you need that, uh, you know, Bo and Penix, you know, those guys, it's not like, you know, Oregon and Washington just had empty QB rooms. They they desperately needed right. a quarterback. You know, they they identified that, hey, this is a guy that's going to maybe take our offense to the next the level. Next this level. is a guy that's going to take to our next level. And, and right now, Oregon with Bo Nix is, is second in team offense in all of college football. Yeah, and looking at the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, and Washington right now. You know, with with Penix is I'm looking at it right now. They're sixth in total team offense in college football right now. You know, when you have an elite quarterback, um, if you could get an elite quarterback in your room or in your unit, you do it. Period. End of discussion. You know, if let's just say we could, uh, I'm not. You know what? I'm going to digress because I'm just going to go on the here. But, but. yeah, I, I'm totally with you. That this shouldn't be news. This shouldn't be breaking. This should almost be an expectation of Marcus Freeman. You should always have a wandering eye, basically, on on improving your your ND football roster. And if it drives people to to leave, you know, then most likely I'm going to guess. And I understand people could throw the Joe Burrow situation, you know, back in, in my face that happened at Ohio State, sure. you know. Well, what if, you know, Angeli's the next Joe Burrow and it goes to LSU and, you know, ends up balling out? You know, good for Joe. You know, that's one example. But if you look at that quarterback room that they had, you know, with JT Barrett and Cardell Jones, those were diagonal good quarterbacks in right. college football too, you know. So, um, you know, obviously it's, a, it's an evaluation that Marcus Freeman and, uh, you know, his offensive staff has to evaluate. Um, and especially – you know, that should be part of the conversation if there is a new OC that, that comes into town as as part of the discussion um, as well as, you know, what, what offensive mind or schemes are you going to be bringing into Notre Dame? And I hope it fits not just, you know, a transfer quarterback to your eye, but it also fits, you know, kind of the CJ cars and the deuce nights that you're eventually going to have yeah. in this offense as well. Very well said. I, I totally agree. Yeah, I, I almost went on a rant there, Nick, and I bit Dude, my tongue. I bit my tongue. <laughs> I bit it. I bit it. I, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. So I uh, appreciate the, the question. We'll, and we'll, it'll be, we'll save that rant for the offseason. Yes. And I, I think can't that'll wait be a to fun, hear it. And when I start hearing names and yeah, we'll, 
We'll, we'll hold off on, on having any immediate emotional reactions <laughs> right now um, until until we really get into to the juice. Of also, it, so. real quick, speaking of Joe Burrow, Ohio State fans, stop trying to claim him. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Preach, dude. It's embarrassing for you guys. So annoying. It's the most annoying it's thing. So annoying. Being uh, a Cincinnati Bengal fan, so I love Joe Burrow. And then when I see Ohio State fans claim him, I'm like, GTFO, my God. I mean, it's the worst. Yeah. But all right. Um, I'll, I'll move on. So next question is from Luke Elshoff. Um, Luke, we appreciate the following the support. You're always jumping on teams, having having some good takes. So so uh, we appreciate it, man. Um, he asked, is this a failed season? If so, a bull matchup against LSU, fix it. Nick, I'm going to let you take this one. I let you take the harder one, so I'm going to let you take it. <laughs> I appreciate that, Joe. Um, man, uh, the failed season one is tough because the expectations were crazy high. And, and I even you – know. Nick, Nick, I'll, I'll take it off your hands. I, how about this? Yes, this is a failed season. Yes, I am disappointed. I'm hurt right now still. I'm trying to get up for this Wake Forest game, and it's taking everything from me. It's been a failed season. I'll say, it. you know, we had expectations. Would you bring in a guy that's like the most winningest quarterback in, in college football history? Has thrown the most touchdowns. This has the experience. I really thought that that this year was going to be a special one, especially the way the the schedule laid out. You get Ohio State at home. You get USC at home, um, and you fell short. You fell short. And I know there's a lot of things that we've talked about in, in past podcasts and past spaces after games uh, that we could point the finger at, you know, where this, where, why the season fell short, um, you know, with injuries and, you know, missing out on offensive coordinators. <laughs> oh man. But you, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just going to say it. it is a failed season uh, for the expectations we had going into it. Now, it, would it save it with a LSU? Would LSU fix it? if we got a bull match with L? If if they said Joe, we have a bull matchup with we're going to put Notre Dame with LSU, but you get to have the deciding vote. You can agree to this and let that game happen, or you can say pass and play another opponent. I'm hitting pass. I'm hitting pass. I don't want to play LSU. Don't hit me. I've already been down enough this season, Nick. I know what's going to happen. <laughs> We're going to play LSU, and then it's going to be the final kick in the head uh, for for this 2023 season to wrap up, and I don't think I can take it. Just give me a win versus South Carolina or an <laughs> Ole Miss or Mississippi State. Don't let Brian Kelly hey. take my soul here at the end of the year. Let, let me All ask, right, that's that's my that's my rant for the, for the podcast, Nick. L- let me ask you this real quick before I give my answer. Would you rather play LSU in a bowl game or Iowa? Iowa. <laughs> I would play anyone in college football. I swear to God, Nick. I'd rather play uh, Georgia, I Alabama, yeah. Oregon, Washington, Indiana, yeah. Kent State, Miami, Ohio. Anyone any but LSU. Them, yeah. Okay. For I, for Brian Kelly to have the satisfaction on a team that I do yeah. think is a little bit wounded and battered, and we know the things that are going to happen in this offseason with coaching changes. Why give Brian Kelly the satisfaction to kick us while we're down? You know, it's just, I, I don't, 
I just don't see us beating LSU. I've seen yeah. Jaden Daniels play. He's a freak. I mean, yeah. their offense is humming right now. Even with how good our defense is, you know, it, it's been really impressive. They're the number one offensive team. They've had the most yards in college football right now, Nick. 5,602 yards. Mike Demarock. Maybe that's a name Notre Dame should look at. Seriously. But, Nick, I know I just went on a rant there. I'm disappointed about the season. I'm not going to lie. No doubt. And I don't want LSU to get any satisfaction from it or give them any opportunity to do this. So I, I don't want a bull matchup with LSU. Give me give me a win like South Carolina did last year where I could take some have some takeaways from it uh, building into 24. Yeah, I, if you would have asked me after the pit game, I would have said, hell yes, bring on an LSU. Uh, but sitting here right now, uh, you know, after the Clemson game and, and, uh, and after our bye week and, you know, what we're talking about, like you mentioned, having to replace guys on the staff, I, it, it, as much joy as it would bring me to watch Notre Dame have a chance to beat Brian Kelly, the thought of, like you said, him getting a chance to get a win over us is too is too risky for me, man. I'm with that. I, I don't I don't want LSU in a bowl. You think Joe Walt's gonna play that game? Hell no. You think and SMA is gonna play that game? Hell no. <laughs> I want those guys playing that game if we're playing LSU and I, right, right. So yeah. let's let's hold off on that LSU matchup. I do think inevitably we're gonna f- somehow run into LSU somewhere down the road. Let's not forget it's going to be a 12-team playoff, you know, next year. So there's going to be more teams. Um, Let's wait till we have Riley Leonard uh, behind center. Exactly. I hate saying this. Almost (laughs) sounds like I'm saying this season's a wash. We're we're going into senior night saying just chalk it up, which I apologize, Irish fans. I'm just being the typical Notre Dame fan now. Um, But, uh, you know what? Nick, take it over. I <laughs> uh, love it, man. Uh, no, Luke, great question to, to finish it off. Obviously, Joe and I could go. We could talk about this, I'm sure, for like half an hour. If not I'm just hurting, so. Nick. I'm just hurting I, dude, this hey, season. Luke, I'm hurting, Luke, too. Luke brought out all the feelings saying, is this a fail season? I'm looking back like. Classic Luke. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> do you know what I was thinking going into the Navy game? And then when we punished Navy, I was like on top of the world, man. I was like, this season is going to be different. So, yeah. Real quick, real quick, before we wrap it up, I, I saw a question, I think it was on Twitter or something, I don't know. But if if you had the choice to go back to any of our three losses this year and, and turn it into a win, which one would you pick? In my heart or in my mind? Uh, both. I don't know. You got to make a yeah, decision. My thing is like my heart says just give me the Ohio State win. I don't care about the Louisville. Yeah. But I feel like our season would have set up a little bit better. Like you could have understood the Ohio State loss. You know, you shot yourself in the foot. But if you beat Louisville, I think you – I think you it's probably – pl- You play still better in the college Clemson. football playoff. Yeah. You play yeah. better against, you know, the, the Clemson. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one because I think if you lose Louisville and Clemson, um, yeah, it's a good question. I, I think, you know what I'm going to pick? 
I'm going to go the selfish route. I'm just going to say we just beat Ohio State because if I could put my hat, I, I, if I could put my hat and just have it over all these Ohio State fans and friends that I have, just say that we beat you guys. I, I I'll, I'll take that to the off season. I'll take that for all summer bragging rights. That's that's probably same, what I would do. Same, same. My brother asked me, um, you know, before the season um, over the summer, he goes. You know, uh, what would you rather have? A win against Ohio State and, and lose every other game or win every other game and lose to Ohio State? <laughs> I've had a few beers, but I legit looked at him and said, give me the win over Ohio State. Yeah. Like, yeah, selfishly, 100%, man. I, oh. I would love those bragging rights. So, I'm with you. Yep, 100%. Anytime you can have it over that fan base, I think you got to take it, especially You'd because do I don't know. You know, he, they're not on the schedule next year. We got AMN replacing them, so. No, man, uh, we don't have them on the schedule, I think, in the foreseeable future. So, it's like. I know, that's what I'm saying. So, it's like, yeah. if you can get that last win on them, you'll, you kind of have bragging rights until until we oh. meet again, maybe in the playoffs. But, you know, that's that's not a guarantee. Right, right. So, I don't know, man. It, it's going to be interesting here, uh, these last two. God, I hope we don't. I hope we don't sputter. We got to win these last two. And then we'll dive into the bowl season and, and recruiting and all that offseason talk. But, man, let's get a win here. I, I'm going up to South Bend this weekend. So, yeah, I enjoy it. Good weather. And I, and I hope we uh, I hope we take care of business, man. If we struggle, it's going to be miserable. So, um, but, yeah, I think that'll do it for um, for this episode. We appreciate your guys' questions. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. Um, we'll be back. Of course, um, after the game on Spaces, um, and then uh, we'll, we'll have another pod for you next week. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Go Irish. Go Irish. Thanks for listening, Irish fans. Please rate and review our podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, at First and Cold Pod, at Nick Kramer IT, and at Joe underscore Kramer underscore IT. And don't forget to check us out at theirishtribune.com and follow us on our socials, at the Irish Tribune. Thanks for listening, and go Irish!